We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It is your boy, Jonathan Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Um, an episode that promises to be interesting, if nothing else. Uh, I am joined by uh, the uh, the two men that I so often join for these sorts of festivities. Uh, to my left on my screen, I think he's to the left on your screen too, uh, Jeremy Cohen. Hello, sir. How are you? Hey, John, doing fantastic. We're getting closer and closer to basketball season. Uh, it's crazy. There's been no basketball of, you know, like for a while. Like, even if you think there's been basketball, there hasn't been basketball. It it was a fever dream that we all uniquely shared. It's like we all had ayahuasca at Burning Man and avoided Ebola. And, and that's kind of where this crazy idea of basketball happening was because it didn't happen. Uh, but if it did happen, it would have been really cool, but it didn't. So I'm great. My former quarterback used to love ayahuasca. That's true. Yeah. Um, I don't know what... what I'm sorry. I, I've been so out of the loop ever uh, ever since Sunday night where football is just uh, non-existent for my team. What exactly <laughs> happened? You, you did have the best tweet, by the way, Jeremy, where <laughs> you were like, football season ended after the 4 o'clock games on Sunday. So I don't yes. know what Andrew's upset about. There was no game on Sunday. There was no game on Monday. I have no, I have no idea what anybody's... Complaining this is, about this is I've just like, been locked in on no sports. It's been great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The, the beginning of this pod is like when you, I don't know if you've ever had experience where you like, you go out with your buddies, like one of whom has just in, been involved in a, a, an awful breakup <laughs> and you're not at the level of comfort where you just fuck <laughs> around with them about it. John, and he, I've been the buddy that's gone through the breakup before, so and then gone out with the friends. So I know they, exactly the scenario you're yeah, talking they, about. They like mentioned someone mentioned something, and it triggers a memory, and mm-hmm. then before you know it, they're crying in their in their beer or, or Red Bull, as it were. And then um, you just stop getting invited because they're like he's he's just such a bummer. It's week six, and he's you. still talking about Aaron Rodgers. You know. Um, speaking of which, Andrew Claudio, hello, sir. How are you? Hello, Knicks fans. I promise that'll be the last mention of football on the well, I have no idea the direction this is going because of the criteria that for this specific 
show that we're doing, but I will do my best to make sure this is a Knicks podcast for the remainder of the show. And it's always great to be with the the two fine folks to, I guess, on screen my left, but te- no, on screen, you're my right. I, th- you're the to the left of me if you're looking at the screen, but you're technically to my right if you're looking at like this is my right arm. I'm shaking it for those watching and they're to my right. Jeremy, you you have like a stage background. Would he, would you both be stage left or stage right at the moment? I think I'm positioned differently than how you guys see it. As of right now, I'm furthest over stage right, audience left. Stage right, audience left. Okay. Yes. That that's where I have John, you. John, are you center? Okay. John, John center. Great. Okay. So we all see this. And Andrew, you are audience right, stage left. There you go. Glad we worked that out. Mm-hmm. Extremely important I, that we I got miss that basketball too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So look, it's September 14th as we're sitting here recording this right now. Um, this is not airing for several days. Uh, God, I was about to say there, there is so little of anything going on and watch now between when we're recording this and when we intend to air this, something, something of course will transpire. Let's hope not. Um, although uh, hopefully uh, this is, this is good enough that we could uh, air it anyway at some point. Um, so yeah, uh, we are not going to sit here and analyze the NBA's new uh, anti-rest policy or uh, some additional comments by Giannis Antetokounmpo about how he, he may not want to stay in Milwaukee. We're doing another draft. And this draft is unlike any draft that we've ever done before uh, for the primary reason that we don't really know what this draft is about. So I'll just here's I'll just say how this came about. Um, I made sure I looked them up just to make sure I didn't, I didn't screw up who this, whose idea this was. I want to give credit where credit is due. Um, a Twitter user Will Thompson at Will Thompson. Very, very simple. Uh, DM me. I don't know. Last week or a week and a half ago. Some somewhere about. So I'm, I'm actually just going to read his DM. Um, I was thinking about. Well, actually, starts. What's up, Bakery? I was thinking about content I would love to listen to from y'all. And I thought how fun it would be if you did an episode where you drafted everything Knicks related that doesn't include players. And then. He lists some examples that I am not going to say because I'm not going to give away anything. Um, but in short, I forwarded his message along to Andrew. I say, hey, this is an interesting idea. And Andrew was like, yes, it is an interesting idea. We should do it. So we're like, sure, let's do it. So we are drafting anything. Re- what, what was it? I already forgot the title of this. Anything Knicks draft. It's the anything Knicks draft. The anything Knicks draft. The anything Knicks draft. That is what we are doing. And we have been purposely vague with each other about (laughs) what is eligible or ineligible uh, to be drafted. We we have, I think we all have a general idea of what is at stake, but we we do want to lay the only ground rule, actually, I was like ground rules. Ground rule is that we have to be specific. Um, so like, but even as I say that, I was going to give an example. I don't want to, because I don't want to give anything away, but it has to be specific. And I think that'll come to, to, to light very soon. What we mean by that? Specificity isn't the problem for me. Oh no. (laughs) There are a host of other problems, but to take people behind the curtain, Jeremy has been hinting that he has some tricks up his sleeve for this draft. And I'm now... I cannot wait to see it's the directions that you're going to take I, us. It's just like you guys are are going down the highway 
And I'm like, what if I flew the yeah. other direction and then went sideways? Uh, because as I was brainstorming this, I was like, I, I want to be creative. I want this to be fun. And I saw the example. I saw the text, everything. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Yes, but also, <laughs> what if I did something? Like, if there are no rules here, then I'm just going to go crazy with it. So mm -hmm. I went crazy with it. So I, I do want to just very briefly note, um, Andrew, I believe, just said no players. That's me. That's no current players. If there is someone who used to be a player for the team that is in some way, shape or form still involved with the team, um, that person may may be eligible um, to be drafted. Uh, so. Yeah, that's what that's all I'm going to say. Is it what else could, should we say? The specificity that you're hinting at, I'm, I'm not going to say who, but I'm going to give a minor example. You can't say like the Knicks beat. You have yeah. to say what specific beat writer you're picking. You can't say Knicks coaching staff. You have to say what coach on the staff you're picking and so on and so forth. You have to be specific can, about what you're taking. Can I propose a rule? Sure. And I, I, this is again, we're doing this in real time here. Mm -hmm. That if you draft some a, a like a person or a play it has to be a person or a place or a thing but if you draft a person place or a thing within a very clear category like it is a that the the the, the person place or thing you draft is related to the Knicks you know in a, in this very specific way where there's like a title to it or whatever that you are ineligible from drafting someone else or something else or somewhere else from that same category no I want okay. chaos. You want yeah. chaos. If you yeah. want to load up on beat writers, go ahead. This is going to be fascinating. That clip isolated would be fun. Okay. So, folks, you know how we do this at the beginning of every draft. We decide the order. And the way we do it is with the highfalutin strategy uh, technology known as high card draw. And I am going to shuffle this deck of cards real quick. And you can hear it. I'm wondering if there's any meaning to Andrew wearing a Jurassic Park shirt to this recording. Yeah, I wonder. I just wore one of my favorite shirts about my favorite movie. Of it's all like time. once once upon a time, the concept of dinosaurs on screen that was batshit crazy, and then mm. it came to fruition. Maybe Andrew is just drafting old people because they're dinosaurs. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Well, tune in to find out in mm -hmm. just a second. Well, they're already tuning in. They're That's not going right. <laughs> well, Don't depends, go anywhere I mean. to find out. There you go. Building suspense with the cards. Jeremy, your card yes. is a king. Ah, Amazing. Jeremy's going to get the first pick. I mean, John. It's not like my pick would have been taken. Like my answer, but <laughs> I cannot wait to see where this is going. But then wait, then hold off. If you think if you think you got. See, that's the best part is like there are true sleepers in this. Yeah, because sure. you could have just if you're convinced that you thought of something that nobody else will have thought of, save it. I guarantee it'll be fine. I'm next in age. My card is a six. Okay. A six. Okay. And then John, your card know. is a two. Okay, you get the third pick. I don't know how I so that, okay. Jeremy has the first pick. I have the second pick. John, you have the third. Brace yourselves, folks. Jeremy, the first pick in the first ever Nick's everything draft. Everything or any everything. So what are we draft. calling it? Nick's everything. 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 Nicks. Everywhere. Everything. All at once. All at once. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy drinks hot dog hands. 
Your first pick <laughs> is. All right. So I've got a list here. And the uh, the very first thing that I'm going to go with is David Fisdale's axe. <laughs> it, that's really the first pick you're taking. I told you I was going in a different direction. Add context, please. <laughs> to whoever doesn't know what you're talking about. Well, please uh, back me up on this. Uh, but it's David wild. Fisdale brought an axe into the locker room at a certain point. Uh, I wanted to show toughness, correct? Wanted to uh, really bring it, bring it home. I'm trying to remember if it was a locker room or, or to practice, but continue. Either either way, it might have been a practice, but um, it's just a very odd thing. Um, and it's it's a Horcrux. The Knicks have one of their Horcruxes, and that would be David Fisdale's axe. I'm sure I'm missing something. If either of you want to fill in the details of how absurd uh, it was that that he brought it in there, but. Please go ahead. Um, so, um, uh, can I just read the uh, the? I believe this was first reported by SNY. Please do. Uh, or may uh, well actually, it may have been just. It, it, he may have just said it in one of the scrums. It's way too early for David Fizzle to be getting the axe as Nick's head coach. So why not bring one into the locker room? This is actual verbiage from the article. That's right. Fizzdale imported a literal axe for his players to autograph as part of a bizarre yet original motivational tool. Quote, I promise I'm not going to kill anybody except the hopes and dreams of every fan. That's not what the article says. Fisdale said reassuringly on Thursday per the New York Post. That's why I keep the rubber tip. In case someone wants on the tip. In case someone wants to come after me over playing time. This was from November of 2018. So we were this was about uh a, a month, maybe a little bit less than a month uh into his tenure. Oh, here we go. The way things are going, playing time isn't the only thing that should be frustrating. The Knicks, the team dropped to four and eleven after Wednesday's twenty-five point loss to the Thunder. It's a great thing, Jeremy. So he brought in the axe and never won another basketball game because they started four and eighteen, right? No, that was the year he That's got fired. Third. They started. Oh, this was the first year. Yeah. Oh, so he year, yeah. then went on to only win. Let's see, seventeen more games in his Knicks career after bringing in that axe. I'm, I'm so I have to read. Just can I read one, one more? Keep going, more? please. My my thing to these guys is what we're trying to do. We're trying to chop down a big tree. <laughs> if you're paying attention to it, if the tree is, if you're paying attention to if the tree is falling, you're never going to get that tree down. We signed a covenant as a group. Every guy, I said, hey, let's make a commitment that no matter what happens, uh, we stick together and we keep chopping this tree together. There we go. Okay. Well, I don't know if that worked as as intended. Uh, Jeremy, you set a tone. If this was the first the first pick, I, I, I'm officially like you've thrown me off my game because my first I, pick is going to be Madison Square Garden, the I, building, and it's like okay, I thought that was like the unanimous one or two that was going to be available. Beauty's in the eye of the beholder. And Jeremy you. went with David Fisdale. No, Jer- 
Jer- you can open his glasses. I'd be like, oh, I okay. told you it was going to be chaotic. That's very true. I, okay. I can't even make the the Jeremy took Justin Tucker first overall joke because like there's no that, criteria. It, it's like who's like the who's like the seventeenth best kicker in the league? Like Jeremy took that guy first. The, well, again, I mean, it'll be up to the voters, and I don't know. Maybe the Fizdales will find this poll, and they'll decide. If- <laughs> they'll decide that they want to. Well, the Fizdales vote on it. Jerry? You know, maybe uh, I've got a stew going, and I just only started with the first uh, ingredient. There you um, go. I thought the garden would would be the first pick. That's that's where I was thinking. I was. I, I do feel like I. <laughs> I I'm. I feel like I am the Sonics. Yes, the Sonics drafted KD. Although Greg Oden was still like a a valuable pick at the time. Um, regardless, I do feel like someone passed over like the obvious number one to get to the number two. What's the movie I like? Draft Day? Draft Day. Where Vontae, Vontae, Vontae Mack, Mack went one. What? I do feel like Bo Callahan fell to me at number two. And I, I ended up taking him instead of passing over him to take the normal pick. But I, I I'm applauding Jeremy's creativity because now I know we're in for some chaos. Uh, the world's most famous arena is my first pick and uh, a building that um, many a player continues to want to come and play in, whether it be as an opponent, and we'll see if it's as a member of the home team in the not-too-distant future. Um, and yeah, just a a historic building that continues to be uh, a tourist attraction for Many a basketball fan and many a non-basketball fan around the world. For now, for now, five years. Great <laughs> sure. yeah, shit. Right. Who knows? Yeah. I'm now legitimately wondering to myself if Jeremy's strategy was to get us all so shook as to like we're incapable of functioning. Guess what? It worked. Like, <laughs> like we we lose our our you bowels on took the episode. A building. I mean, that's. Okay. I'm just saying, should I have taken the, the garden story, elevator, Jeremy? Should I have been more specific? I, I actually did. Say. Who am I to say? So it's your pick. Uh-huh. So to be clear, you you took the building that does not. I'm not saying anything, but that does not preclude potential other picks involved with things specific things within that building. So, well, okay. Let, I guess let me specify. I'm talking about the basketball court, the ba- the top floor of MSG that has the basketball court well, and the ceiling and the atmosphere like that's uh, okay like, I don't want to say a Knicks home game well, what were you going to say I'm going to take no the, I because I think floor? I think the court and the court design specifically is its own thing whereas the garden and the atmosphere it, I, I, I but see this is this is this is chaos. This is um, chaos. That's yes. fine. I'm you taking can... the Knicks court is what I'm ta- taking in Madison Square Garden when they're playing. There's your specific selection, John. Okay. So the so the MSG and the court yes. within it are all off the board. Well, that that's a pretty it's like see now it feels like you've gotten uh, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey with one pick, which I don't know how fair that is, but uh, I'm up. You're up. Okay. Back to back. Back to back, which I mean, Jesus Christ. Well, the first pick is going to be easy. Um, still, still the most uh, nervous I've ever been for mm-hmm. uh, one of these podcasts. I would, I would take Mike Breen, uh, who is, oh man, is he the, is he the greatest active 
announcer regardless of sport? What do you guys think? I say yes. Jeremy, what are your thoughts on Joe Buck? Not even. I'm sorry. I actually like Joe Buck. I do too. um, Look, Mike Breen is phenomenal. I love him. I love that he calls Knicks games. So much of my childhood is Mike Breen and Walt Clyde Frazier. I don't necessarily feel that he is the greatest broadcaster uh, in basketball. And that's fine because I still love him when he calls the games. and I enjoy so much of what he does. But can can we litigate this? Who do you have over Mike? I was about to say, is this who do you think is better? I think Ian Eagle is fantastic. And uh, I think this is more... Are we saying not basketball as well? Like just anything? Yeah, no, any sport. Yeah, that's what John is saying. Like, is if you go gotcha. outside of basketball, is he the the greatest? I think the most electric play by play person there is is Gus Johnson. Oh, uh, okay. That's see, I, that I, to yeah, me is yeah. A, that's a flavor. Like you, that, that's like I. You really dig like mint chocolate chip or something. That's a very specific. I do actually. I, I, I think it's pretty. <laughs> and I can't stand it. I don't mind Gus Johnson. Gus Johnson is very good. I think he is, he is, but he's very specific. To me, the the Breen Iron Eagle one is interesting um, because to like, I'm trying to think of an athletic comparison actually, and I'm not sure I have the perfect one. It's almost like I was going to say LeBron versus Jimmy Butler, but that's not, that, that's that that doesn't really capture it's like someone like maybe like lebron versus Kawhi. like lebron's great like mike breen's greatness is undeniable like you just you tune in and it's like oh this person clearly has a mastery of, of which i am like i'm just like basking in this presence but when he when Ian eagle really is on one and he's on it like there's they, he does have a certain something that is you know it's very new york i think that's fair to say um but he's great too. i'll take print i'll, I'll take print sure. um, kevin harlan's another one i'd like to add yeah another he's, one this he's, is the conversation yeah. i i yeah. still, still like bring over over both of them i think the sure. the level of importance that mike breen adds to a game now yeah. maybe because we're knicks fans that level of importance <laughs> is not felt as strongly but i know just from talking to out of market sports fans that yeah. They know that, oh, this is a big game because like Mike Breen's on the call. And that I think was my question about Joe Buck that I grew up with Buck calling every big baseball game. And it was yeah. like, I, I, as much as I love the Mets broadcast of Gary, Keith, and Ron, I knew like, oh, the Mets have a big game on Saturday because like Joe Buck's calling this one, Buck and McCarver. And now with football, you know, some of the biggest, I mean, Giants fans listening to this, that entire 07, uh, 08 playoff run to the Super Bowl is narrated by Joe Buck. So that's more the level of importance that these broadcasters bring to these games is, I think, a testament to their ability and their greatness, which is why I, I would go with Breen over anyone else. They're all fantastic. And, and one, one last thing on Breen, which I think is notable, um, for the majority of the time he has been uh, calling Knicks games on, on MSG, uh, the Knicks have not been good. And if you, we all, you know, tune around or flip around on League Pass and tune into other teams' broadcasts, and like the amount of homerism that goes on with some of these broadcast booths, where I'm listening to it and I'm like, it's actually, it's like borderline offensive, and I feel like, like it, 
Mike, Mike Breen had this has, and the Knicks are good now, you know, knock on wood. Um, so this, this maybe isn't relevant at the moment, but like all the years that they were bad, he didn't, he didn't make you feel bad about yourself as a Nick fan, even though they were bad, but he also didn't delve into Homer Homerism territory. Is that, is that fair to say? Yeah, I agree. This pick, I feel like I could go in a few different directions with, um, but I, you know, I, it's funny with fantasy football over the years. Anybody who's ever drafted with me knows that this is true. I'm always a sucker for getting multiple guys on the same team. Um, like I love, I've always loved QB wide receiver combinations. You know, if there's like a dynamite offense, if I could get like starting running back and like their number one wide out or something, I love doing that running back QB even. Uh, so I'm just going to, I'm going to do perhaps the obvious thing and I'm going to go with Clyde. Um, well, Clyde Frazier, arguably the greatest Nick in, in, uh, in franchise history has also been calling games, uh, with Mike Breen for MSG for a number of years. This is a little bit more controversial because, I mean, frankly, Clyde is not everybody's cup of tea. Um, even more frankly, he's not always my cup of tea. You know, I, I I appreciate him, though, for what he is with the understanding that, like, you're getting you're getting a very specific thing with Clyde. And then but if you're looking for uh, hard hitting analysis from sometimes from from, you know, the sort of you know, an uh, analyst who might be in that second chair for a lot of other teams. Like you're, you're not getting out with Clyde, but you are getting something that you, I mean, you it cannot be replicated. No one, people could be announcing basketball games for the next thousand years. You're never going to get anybody who doesn't like Clyde. Uh, and the fact that he comes with the history uh, that he does makes it even better. So while Clyde Frazier is my number uh, two pick. It's a great pick. I mean, he's the only person to be inducted into the, Hall of Fame for his playing abilities, his broadcasting talents. So, you know, even if the rhymes sometimes feel uh, cheesy, they're just so much fun. And uh, you know, it's, it's always it always makes me a little sad when I see Clyde talk about maybe in the future as he starts to slow down with his um, schedule because so many of the games are great. And uh, look, I don't necessarily want him to be replaced by. Wally Zerbiak on a well, permanent basis, but uh, you know, with all due respect to Wally, I enjoy Wally's wall more than I enjoy him filling in, but those are big shoes to fill for anyone. So it's right. a tough gig, but yeah, it's, I mean, that they're mom and dad or dad and dad or mom and mom or whatever you want to say. And <laughs> they are the two parents that have guided through all my entire Nick's life. Yeah. And uh, that's, it's an amazing duo. And, Clyde is just so whimsical. I I feel you about that. Those those moments where you're reminded how old he is, and it it takes me back to like toward the end of Bob Murphy, who used to do radio play by play with the Mets into his 80s, and you'd be listening in the car, and it's like, and there's a pop up to left field. Oh no, maybe it's further. Oh, it's home. It's a home run, and it's like. <sighs> Okay, like, like maybe we need to have a conversation with like they're they're having this issue right now with uh, college game day, uh, the ESPN Saturday morning uh, college oh. football show because Elite Corso really is because he had a stroke a couple oh, years ago. I, I had no idea, and he's still under contract and like okay. they're not able to tell him you need to retire. They're letting him 
decide when. And a lot of college football fans are like, okay, this is this is sad and at times awkward. Thankfully, Clyde's not there yet, but the mortality <laughs> that will come when Clyde is no longer in our lives, not like on this earth, but in a basketball capacity. And, you know, I don't I don't look yeah. forward to that day, but I also recognize the moments when he'll you know get crossed up during a game. I mean, Jeremy said it when you go when you have to go to Wally mm-hmm. like who is in the more traditional like the he, the sort of person who you would usually who you would see in number 2 chair and and a lot of like it's like oh my god please can we go back and and just sorry I'm going to go back to Breen one last time because how how deft do you need to be to like you know navigate I'm sure Mike Breen doesn't think about it this way but like Breen has to do a little bit of a high wire act sometimes, right? To make Clyde not not seem as if he is a little bit over the hill. So, and and he he does that well. Hey there, Knicks fans! It's your boy Jonathan Macri. You've been hearing me talk about Barry and his team over at the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum for almost a year now. It's a partnership I'm very proud to be a part of because, as a former personal injury attorney myself and a Knicks fan, I know the difference that a great legal team can make. Barry has been at this for over 35 years and has informed me that since the 2023 Knicks season ended, he has resolved cases in the amounts of 1.4, 1.5, 1.75, and $3.75 million, as well as obtaining winning results on many less significant cases. Just like the great basketball franchises, Weiss and Rosenblum's long track record of sustained excellent results speak for themselves. Visit them at weissandrosenblum.com today and explore for yourself, or better yet, give Barry a call at 212 366-6100, where he will offer a consultation on your possible matter completely free of charge, as well as chat about the upcoming Knicks season as he has been a rabid fan for over 50 years. You know the tagline. If you think you might have a case, talk to a veteran attorney, not a rookie. No case is too big or too small. That number again is 212-366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. So I have a question about my next potential pick. Oh boy. Can a former Nick just sitting courtside be eligible? Because I've never gotten Carmelo Anthony in a draft. I knew you were going to say Carmelo <laughs> And I, I would I love to just... How? Mello, <laughs> what, what do you mean? Because he's, like, he's been like a paying ticket holder in the, in no. the building? Like, like when he went to... Um, but wait, what do you mean by ticket holder? What no, he, well, okay, to? maybe he didn't pay for his ticket, but like he's come to some Nick games since he yeah. retired. So the playoff game where uh, they won against the Heat and uh, John Starks was going nuts and Brunson uh, hit the three and then Josh uh, yeah. Hart hit the corner uh, three. And then there's the highlight of Mello and his son going nuts. Might be my favorite <sighs> Knicks moment from the past year. So I mean, I'm asking. That's I, your yeah, favorite. It's, 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 it's hyperbole to an extent. Year. I didn't say it's the best. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's the moment my heart was the most full. Okay, that's it's I, probably not that's fine. True. <laughs> I think it's different almost, from your favorite. Like the Knicks won. I know a playoff series. They won that playoff game too. And my <laughs> favorite Nick ever was enjoying I, the game and back in my life temporarily. I'm inclined to like say fine drafting because I think. Part of this exercise and what if I was listening to it, I would certainly because, you know, obviously we're trying to win this. Um, I would be my criteria would be like, is this thing really connected 
Like, this is important, right? This is, this is an important part of Nixdom in uh-huh. the year of our Lord 2023. And like, yeah, that was a nice moment. It was a cool clip on TV. I, I think I included the gift newsletter, but like, I, you know, it, it's, he has no, even if you had said one of like the former players who's employed by the team at this point, like gives yeah. out the big novelty checks before games. If you want to draft him, man, draft him. Andrew, so, I drafted a weapon. You're free to do whatever you want. <laughs> that's very yeah, I mean, you, you could do it. That's what I said. Weapon. Let me check one thing. So I put up a poll on our Instagram about whether the Knicks should retire number seven, and it's currently 88, 88% yes. Um, and I may want to draft <laughs> Carmelo Anthony's future retired jersey, but I think this is going to get too far-fetched. For me to actually take Mello. So I will actually pass on the idea since I don't think either of you are going to take him. Um, and instead, I'm going to go down a different path. Do you either of you know who Jesse Itzler is? Yes. Okay. So Jesse, it's, Jesse Itzler is one of the uh, owners, one of the minority owners of the Atlanta Hawks. He is also a kid who grew up in Roslyn, New York, here on Long Island. I guess over on Long Island where I grew up and he grew up a diehard Knicks fan and he used to do some music production and music writing. And in the early nineties, he was writing a song for a, uh, a jingle for a commercial for former Knicks president, Dave Checkets. And through that connection, Dave Checkets liked his work so much. He asked him to write another jingle. And Jesse Itzler then wrote the song, go New York, go New York, go. Uh, it's turning my camera for a second because I I added a little something to. The oh yeah, John has office. a banner mm. on his. You see it on the wall in his office behind him. Uh, it says "Go New York, Go New York, Go." I that jingle, which is still used today, and if mm. you're a watcher on our YouTube channel, pops up with R.J. Barrett saying, "Hey New York, hit the music!" Every time you watch a Knicks-related content thing, so I will go with "Go New York, Go New York, Go." The jingle. Uh, the Knicks anthem uh, as my second pick in this draft. That's a really good pick. Thank you. It's a really good pick. I like it. So fun fact about Jesse Itzler, he took that money and then invested it more in um, airplane, the airplane industry. Okay. And he married uh, a woman named Sarah Blakely, who is the creator of Spanx. So they have uh, (laughs) enough money to afford a stake in the Atlanta Hawks. But I'm sure the 2021 series was a little bittersweet for Jesse. Yes. Must have been. He mu- I wonder if he grew up like a Mets fan too. And after lives around, he has to live around a bunch of Braves fans that are frustrated. That, that makes him much, much more frustrated. He's also super rich. So I don't think sports matter to him as much as they used to like affect him as much as they used to. But um, yeah, fun fact about Jesse. And so I, I was, Intrigued to find out how close he lives to where I grew up. So, um, Jeremy, you have two picks. Ew. And I'm excited to find out where this goes. So, uh, I am going to go with something involving Carmelo Anthony. And also Amari Stoudemire. I would like for my second pick to be the kazoos that... Carmelo Anthony and Amari Stoudemire had to play because James Dolan wanted to break the world kazoo record. He brought uh, Hendrik Lundqvist on stage. John McEnroe was there. 
Uh, they were trying to raise money for a good cause. It's for ALS research. But the idea of James Dolan having his players play these kazoos, uh, to me, that's a part of Nick's lore. It really is. Uh, there's, there's another story as well where Matt Zuccarello, who a uh, former Ranger, great. Uh, he was, he's from Norway, and Dolan was once playing in a festival in Norway. And I was like, oh, you should come see me. And Zook did that thing. And I was like, yeah, yeah, of course. If I'm around, I'll do it. And then I was like, no, you need to come see me. Come see me. And pretty much left him with no choice. And he watched uh, him play. So uh, music is a very important thing in Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Billy Joel has a banner. Harry Styles has a banner in there. Does he really? So Yes, he does. Why the fuck does Harry Styles have a banner? Because I believe he had uh, 15 consecutive nights of sold out shows if that number is correct. so uh you know it's time there's the beautiful photo it's time for the knicks to hang a banner of their own and the rangers too they came very close and uh you know with some of the greats that are there so it it doesn't it doesn't bother you that that kazoos has been used as a derogatory you know four, four letter-ish word to describe the Knicks uh, by some in the in the in the in the media's media, you know, I think the best thing to do when <clears throat> there's something that's a negative used against it is to embrace it and turn it into a positive. Lemons so, out of, lemonade out of lemons, I love it. That's exactly. what Steve Cohen did with Bobby Bonilla Day. He like mm-hmm. had Bobby Bonilla there and donated the amount of his salary to charity, and so yeah. now oh, celebrate nice. it. Yeah, nice. it, you can't if you can take the joke. It relaxes everyone else up. If it's mm. too, if you're too serious about it, then people make it too much. So, well, uh, I'm going to go with the kazoos for that. You're going to win the quantity draft, Jeremy, because you have one axe and seven thousand four hundred and twenty-two kazoos. I'll take it. You know, I just want to say also, uh, Mensa won the draft, the twenty-five uh, twenty-nine draft. Congratulations to him. He got a shout out. I never got my shout out for just beating the absolute crap out of the both of you in the last draft. So if I lose this one, I don't really mind because I have my victory. So uh, I was afraid. I wasn't really afraid to just like take a giant risk here on the pod. Now, Mm. shout out to Jeremy who won the former Knicks, the active former Knicks draft and shout out to all 7% that voted for me. That's I have no idea why you wasted your vote on me. I just wanted to know if it was ironically or was yeah. it legitimate? 7% oh, I hit the wrong get button. Their, yeah. I'm not even upset I lost, but 7% of people need to get their head examined. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jeremy, you... I can't believe you drafted the kazoos. Well, uh, Jeremy, you have another pick. I'm, I'm like shaking at the thought of what you're go- where you're going next. Am I allowed to do a tie or is it just do I have to pick one? What you, I have a fourth option. I just for for the next the last one, but I just oh how many is this four rounds? Yeah, we're doing are we doing four rounds or five? I thought it was five, but okay, whatever. Let's do five. Okay, five's perfect. All right, five is good. For my next one, uh, it's going to be Kurt Rambis's Twitter likes. Oh my god! Oh my! I, I, oh my god! I <laughs> I was I Jeremy. Yes. From the yes, moment sir. you took the axe, I was like. He needs to draft the porn tweet. That's the only way that this draft could go and it'd be mm-hmm. fitting. And I said, I'm not going to say it out loud, 
but, but I, I, as I was saying, I'm like, I can't take it because that's so, it's not the way my thing is going. He should take it though, but I didn't want to give it away. I never in a million years thought you would. And here, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, for those who don't know, Kurt Rambis, uh, Mr. <laughs> Triangle himself, took over the Knicks after Derek Fisher was fired. And uh, while he was coaching, there was a like that popped up. And uh, it basically, and I'm, I'm quoting here. It's the photo is of an you know Asian woman. What's uh, I don't I don't have the account. I'll, I'll uh, actually, yes, it. I do. Uh, I do. You it's do? at Great Ass Daily. At Great Ass Daily. Shout and, out. Uh, <laughs> I wonder if there's still an active account. I'm going to go uh, Let's check that out right now. Nah, for research purposes, of course. Um, <laughs> Purely. Maybe look incognito. But it, as it says in this Bleacher Report article I'm looking at, it's uh, I'm quoting here, the photo is of an Asian woman pleasing herself while standing in front of a mirror with the... Ref- okay, you know, actually, I should have read this beforehand. <laughs> I just didn't... Uh, this just makes it funnier. But yeah, so you get the gist of it. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty much outrageous. He's married to Linda Ramis, who, if you're watching Winning Time, you will probably see Linda soon because mm-hmm. she's best friends with Jeannie Buss. And, uh, you know, the, the statements that came out afterwards, that was the best part. Uh, the team's vice president of PR at the time, Jonathan Supranowitz, said, Kurt did not like those items on his Twitter page. And we worked with Twitter to make sure the situation did not happen again. So uh, whether or not he liked them, look, Kurt, we're only human, right? Uh, that goes out in Nick's lore as well. It can't not, and it's following the trend. So, uh, Kurt Rambis, your Twitter likes are right alongside with uh, the kazoos of Amari Stoudemire and Carmel Anthony, as well as David Fisdale's axe. So, is uh, it easier for him to defend himself if that were to happen under the title of X for the the name for Twitter? If it wasn't called Twitter, it was called X. Is it easier for her to be? Oh, I thought I was on X, you know, speaking, I thought it was a triple X site. Or is speaking, it even more embarrassing because it's like obvious you went to a site that uh, that's where you go looking for your pleasure is sites that begin with an X? Just own it. If that's okay. if, it, if that's the case, just own it, you know? But mm. also, just in the future, don't do it. If you, you have a public facing account, if he came out, it was like, if like literally, it's like, yeah, you know, it was like two in the morning, couldn't sleep. And you, like, if you just started, wife was asleep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you know, my wife had passed out. You know, it had, it had been a while. Uh, you know, the kids. Oh, ever, yeah. Um. By the way, for those wondering, uh, at Great Ass Daily. Uh, the account has been suspended. X suspends account that via X suspends accounts that violate the X rules. That is literally what it says on the uh, the old page here. I First, thought you were gonna... it came for Great Ass Daily, and I said nothing because I didn't follow Great Ass Daily. Mm. Then they came. I don't know where the rest of this is going, but continue, Andrew. I thought you were going to tell us that. It's now a Kyle Lowry fan account, and mm. that's what it's been converted. John, a and from John Robert Griffin the third runs the account. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you know, you know. Okay. Um, I, where do I even go with this? Okay, Jer- so like Jeremy's doing his one man draft, and I think we are drafting against each other. We're playing <laughs> a game of of uh, checkers, John, and Jeremy's just over there on the tetherball court and. 
he's winning. Don't get me wrong. He's going to win for creativity with this trap. But uh, I love that you went with Tetherball. It's just a completely different game that he's playing right now. You're making me sound like Milhouse throwing a Frisbee and then running to get the Frisbee and then throwing it back. But Milhouse is going to win this draft. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Oh, God. Okay. I am going to take a person that I respect very much that is a friend of this podcast. Comes on our show all the time. And despite the fact that he's a Yankee fan, I will still listen to... I have no clue where you think I'm going with this. I'm going with Fred Katz of The Athletic. Oh, that's okay. That's keep, keep going. I enjoy our baseball conversations, Fred. The the deep dives into baseball reference. The you think I'm good at it. We I was like on my honeymoon texting Fred my immaculate grid scores and we were comparing who can get lower and, and whatnot. And um yeah, Fred Katz of the Athletic. We're we're at the point where Jeremy's gonna win that I'm just gonna start taking my friends. Like John, you might be my next pick. Jeremy, might, you might be my last pick. So Unless that's I draft the direction. That, there you go. <laughs> so um, I'm, just, I'm, I'm cracking up at the idea that your lovely wife on your honeymoon is like, babe, come on, let's yeah. go take a walk. And you're let's like, the pool. honey, I need, Sorry, a minute. Honey, I need I, to get a lower score than Fred Katz on the Immaculate. Babe, Earth, hold okay? on. I need to figure out an obscure twin slash Red Sox. You know, <laughs> like after I get under 5%, we'll be good. <laughs> no, uh, we're, Fred we're, Katz we're, of the Athletic. He he was actually texting Fred Katz, but he's like, "Honey, a great ass daily's on one today. <laughs> I'll be out of the bathroom in ten minutes." Uh, Ruba. Okay, John, you're up. Um, wow. Uh, the reason I was taking it back is, I mean, look, Fred Katz. Fred, obviously, Fred's a friend of ours. Um, and he he actually listens to the show a lot, which is, we're honored by, and um, I love nothing more than than bullshitting with him offline. Um. You you bypassed a heavy hitter. And- I left the guy. I left I left, you know, the the longer tenured one. I do I will say this. The guy you're about to take texted when I was scheduling the the questions for the crossover, he sent me a very nice text about the thing that happened this I'm not mentioning the thing that happened this summer because the people in the comments are annoyed that I keep bringing up the thing that happened this summer, but he congratulated me on the thing that happened this summer. So shout well, out to the person that you're about to say. Yes, and that person is Ian Bagley. I'm going to take him. Uh, Ian Bagley has been... Uh, he's So the, the title of, of longest tenured Nick beat writer is actually somewhat in dispute because... Not in dispute, I shouldn't say that. But Steve Popper started covering the team the, lo- the longest ago, but he had a, a period of time where he stopped covering them. Um, and then he came back to the beat. I actually... I'm, I think but I should I should know this. I'll have to ask one or both of them. I think Bondi may be on the beat for longer, more consecutive years than than Beggs. I got to look that up though. I'm not I'm not sure. I mean, they both been been on it for a long time, um, for, in terms of consecutive years. But I'm going to take Bagley. Um, I think I've told this story before. I had like back when I was just starting out blogging. Like I wasn't even blogging about the Knicks yet. Um, and I was just like putting out pieces on the internet in the hopes that anyone would read them. Uh, I had a, a friend of a friend who knew Ian, I think, or was cousins with Ian. And I reached out to this person, I'm like, hey, can you get me, you know, maybe in touch? And I'd love to just, and he turned my text, didn't know who the hell I was, and like read a couple of things that I had written. It was, it was very, very nice. And that was, you know, he didn't know me from Adam. And he did that. And he's been, um, 
just incredibly kind uh, ever since. And just, yeah. And the fact that he is, you know, arguably, you know, the best, uh, you know, local beat reporter covering any team, as far as I'm concerned, in any sport, um, makes it even better. So Ian Bagley is my first pick. And I'm going to keep going with people because that just seems to be the way my draft is is developing. Um, and I'm going to uh, go. I made sure I looked up how he pronounces his last name because it's, it's a bit of an odd one. Um, Mike Walseski. Mm, yeah. If I were doing it for real, I was actually going to. Yeah. I, mean, I am doing it for real. But if I were doing it more seriously, that's a great well, time. I don't listen. I'm pretty sure after you take a porn like a liked porn tweet, you can't then take. I'm not even going to say arguably. He is the greatest public address announcer in sports. I mean, Mike Wazowski. Oh, oh, hold on. Hold on. We're saying living or ever? I would say active. I I know who you're thinking of. And yes, that he is one of one. um, Of course, I'm forgetting his name. The guy who did uh, for Yankee Stadium for a long time. Bob Shepard. Bob Bob Shepard. Thank you. No, I'm saying greatest active. Hmm. I think greatest active is fair. Trying to think of who else would be in the category. I got to be honest, my other competition for this is the the UFC guy that announces all the fights, like that does oh. the pre like the new the replacement for Michael Buffer. But I don't, yeah. I'll follow UFC and okay. I don't know his when, name. But when you're ref- not that everybody knows, I'm sure people listening like Michael Susky, like they didn't know who that was at first. He's, he obviously is the PA announcer for the Knicks. But like you just referred to whoever you're talking about as the replacement for some other guy like that. Yeah. That speaks volumes in and of itself. I'm wondering um, if a UFC fan would be maybe. listening to this and make that argument. I just want to make it mentioned. I'm still, I still have PTSD fair. from doing that draft with Alex of who runs New York. And then A, not mentioning a hockey player. And B, the guy we both listed one playing four snaps in a season. Sorry, I mentioned it. It's not happening again. Um, I I got to be honest. I had no clue who what his name was. I do agree that Mike Wolseski is the best PA announcer because he is synonymous with Madison Square Garden. So. And I've, I've never... Uh, I've never met him, but he is, by all accounts, an outstanding human being as well. So I'm very, I'm very happy that I've drafted four outstanding human beings. So that's another, n- another nice thing for me. So I have, I'm gonna take. It's a person slash thing that I want you guys to help me figure out. Like, do I? So Ray Castoldi, also known as the Phantom of the Garden. He is the organist at MSG He's been uh, okay. for 34 years. And I'm back and forth on whether I take him or the actual organ at MSG. You do both. Okay. So then I'm going to take uh, Ray Castoldi and his organ. And his organ. Which has been so... <laughs> which is different than... Instrument than- he plays. Not the thing that, that was... On Great Ass Daily, <laughs> that Kurt Rambis like gotta be specific. Uh, that Andrew. was also being played at the time. <laughs> okay, yeah, what are you talking about? He's playing his organ, Andrew. Come on, he, was, he plays family his show instrument at every Knicks home game. Yeah. Uh, look, one of the first Knicks memories I have in the late '90s is the chance of defense that began with the organ and the the two note chime that was followed by the garden crowd chanting. Um, we went through a rough stretch in the 2000s and in the 2010s where those chance of defense didn't matter. And when the last three years, we've heard those chance of defense in close games, especially last season when every game seemed to be close and you got those chance of defense. It was, it was a, a 
a flashback to those moments that turned me into a Nick fan. And Ray has a lot to do with that. There's a nice story that I'll hyperlink on the screen for all of you to check out of his 34 years at MSG uh, and how synonymous he is with the lore and the greatness of this building that I also have in the draft. So uh, Ray Castoldi, the Phantom of the Garden, uh, an organist at MSG and his organ, the piano like type thing. So I, Jeremy, the direction you've taken this draft with your, with your pick. Listen, I'm not the one talking about Ray and his organ. Okay. I'm, I'm, no, I'm not. You're no, you're not. So you're right. Okay. Your last a pick. There's a pick. <laughs> I want you to make so badly. And oh, I am not going to say it out loud because I'm not, I think it might be offensive, even, even more offensive than what you've already taken. So I'm just not going to say anything, but I, I'm curious where you're going here. All right, so I've got two selections, then I'm done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so the first one of the my fourth one in total is going to be Derek Fisher's unexcused absence from oh practice. Because oh. Derek Fisher decided to go to Los Angeles to be with his girlfriend. Uh, and Matt Barnes... His girlfriend's uh, is Gloria uh, Gloria Fisher. It might, it might be her last sure. name now, her married name, now that Derek Fisher and she are married. Matt Barnes decided to drive on over to this event and laid down a bit of a beating on Derek Fisher, who was then unable to make the uh, trip back. And the reason that was cited was uh, that there was a mechanical issue with the red eye flight that he had yeah. coming home. Uh, not that he had a black eye. Most, I mean, I don't know if he did. I'm, it was just more the pros that I was right. going there. Uh, so, you know, just uh, honestly, there's so many things with Fisher that should not have happened. Like him being hired like him in the being first hired. place, especially <laughs> when he didn't even have a moment to pause after his playing career ended. And now he's running a team, uh, right? Because he didn't take a year off if memory serves. He went right into... I- it's, I looked that up just the other week because I was ranking terrible head coaches and he went literally right from playing, took three months off and he was coaching. Yeah. He was in camp. Yeah. Right away. Yeah. So his unexcused absence is uh, <laughs> it's got to be up there. It just super. I mean, it was, it was funny in the aftermath, but just embarrassing. And like, I will say that's the one thing with Tibbs where it's like, you know, you're not going to get that type of situation. <laughs> Bruh. Because Tibbs isn't flying to another state to see a woman he's all about basketball yeah. and he's he's gonna stay in his office the whole time just working with his organ and that's it that's that his mind is only on basketball so uh that's my fourth pick and then my fifth pick last certainly not least is jr smith's <sighs> i was waiting for it the pipe so everyone should know by now Trying but if you it. don't know, you will know. Uh, back in 2013, uh, <laughs> someone messaged J.R. Smith on Twitter when it was really more of the wild, wild west and said, I'm going to your game tonight. And J.R. Smith responded and said, dope. And this young woman <laughs> responded back with a smiley face. And J.R. decided to say, oh, really? Which... <laughs> It's just a wild response to a mere smiley face emoji, but I digress. And then, of course, the woman, though, like, listen, he's calling a shot. I, I, I get it. It's still wild, but he's it's out there. Uh, she says, oh, really? What? 
with a, you know, kind of one of those like mm, faces, you know, the ones, especially if you're listening, P- pondering, to uh, more a sly smile, sly smile. Okay. And then of course, JR responds with, uh, one of the greatest responses ever. It is one of the six best six letter, uh, six word things you could ever say, you know, it's, um, what is it? Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the baby one. What baby one? Um, there was a contest. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, okay. As I'm digressing, I'm typing it in. Yes. There was a, a six word story. Uh, basically, uh, Ernest Hemingway was attributed to doing this. And I think they were trying to get like the, the saddest thing ever. The, re- the reason for it is unclear. I can't remember. But what was the winning thing was for sale baby shoes never worn, which cuts deep when you think about what that means. J.R. Smith's six-word text message replaces that on the scale of greatest six-word combination. It's the happiest six-word story ever. The, you tried well, to if it had a happy ending, tail. and maybe he did. Maybe he got his organ played, but uh, it was you trying to get the pipe. And uh, so let, let's the get this straight. Let's get this straight. Hold on, real yes. quick. Your last pick is said pipe that Jr. asked said Correct. woman. Are you trying to get it? Yes. Okay. So I, I think the pick should actually be the because I, I she responded to that with some 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 manner of being a guest, and then his response to her being I think she was a guest was a she picture. Wrote, yeah. What? Sorry. No. No. It was go a ahead. Pic- it was a picture of a of a wall full of of pipes that one would smoke, <laughs> literally, like the, a smoking pipe. I'm not uh-huh. trying to be facetious here. So yeah, uh, I'll go with instead for uh, for decency reasons. I will go with the interaction as opposed to that's good. Man, said no. Pipe. You get Jr. Smith's pipe. You're two picks. You're two picks uh, removed from a bunch of porn like from a liked porn Twitter tweet. Um, Jeremy, every single time I think you've had the greatest performance in a draft's history. Yeah. You outdo yourself. So bravo on Thank all you. five of your picks. That that was out the way you retold the story of that Twitter interaction and then found a way to interject Hemingway and the saddest six words I think I've ever heard <laughs> and then bring it all the way back to you trying to get the pipe. <laughs> Uh, bravo chef's Thank kiss you. sir we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
You need Indeed. Okay, uh, for my last pick, look, if you guys don't, I know we said specific, but we have two picks left. I don't know if John's going to take it or not. Um, I'm taking the thing I spend more time on than uh, anything in my life right now. Taking Nick's film school. I'm taking Nick's film school right. as my last pick. Uh, if, uh, if, if, no, you get two other, more. Well, no, no this is, this is my fifth oh, pick. Oh, right, right, yeah. right. Doesn't yeah, this is right. my fifth yes. pick. So um, I'll take Nick's film school and just all it, all it uh, entails. Uh, my two great friends, John and Jeremy, um, the the casuals, the X's and O's experts, uh, um, the interns, uh, the, the Gen Zers. Shout out to Chris, by the way. If you have, if you don't know, we're doing more stuff on social uh, with Twitter and Instagram, which is me finally deciding to do more stuff on social on Instagram and TikTok, not Twitter, TikTok. And Chris has been uh, Gen Z splaining like different things to me. <laughs> I'm like, how do you do this thing? He's like, well, you, you click on this button. And it's like, oh, wow, Chris, this is so cool. It's the oldest I've felt, but I've really appreciated it. Um, yeah, just Nick's film school. And like, the, uh, obviously the community that has been built over the past five years or so. Um, it was like we had our town hall last night and it was great catching up with everybody. And um, yeah, I'll take Nick's film school with my last pick. Very sentimental. Yes. Um, I'm torn here because my draft has had a theme and it's, it's people associated with the team. Um, and there is one more person that is associated with the team. That's like, obviously kind of, you kind of, that, kinda that, have to. that I, I'll do it. I'm going to take my, as my last pick, I'll take Tom Thibodeau, mm-hmm. uh, who is someone that I don't even try to hide my uh, admiration for at this point because it's become such it's 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 become a caricature of a caricature um but yeah i mean i just uh big fan of his big big uh fan of the way he goes about his business uh in taking tom Thibodeau here i will certainly cement the fact that i will not be winning this draft and that's fine that's part of that's part of the thing um the reason why it's a little bittersweet is there is something else that i wanted to take and it is something that I feel like does not get discussed enough. And it's something that I was a massive fan of when I was a little kid. And it was actually, I think it was actually part of the reason why I like fell in love with the team way back when. And I'm just as big a fan of it now. And it really hasn't changed that much over the last, uh, I guess, nearly 30 years now, over 30 years. And that's the logo. I, I, I want to ah. give a shout out, an honorable mention to the logo, the Knicks logo. I love their logo. I think their logo is awesome. I think it is. I get it. It's very nineties. Like, you know, it's, there's probably a modern update, but then I look at it. I'm like, why would I change this? I think it's perfect. I think it's awesome. I know it's gone through like little tweaks here and there over the years, but I think the logo is amazing. Um, and I hope they never change it. And I just, uh, yeah, it's, I, I just think it's a really like, when you look around at some of the other team logos, like thank God I don't have to root for a team that is a purple dinosaur or a a a a, a bee, a, a blue bee or blue wasp, or, mm. or a hornet. Yes, a hornet. There you go. <laughs> uh, or some of the other awful uh, a pelican logos that are yeah, pelican. Sure, mm-hmm. why not? Um, yeah, you the hate Knicks uh, so much. Yeah, 
how dare how dare <laughs> like you're picking a pair of pants over an animal because yeah. the mascot <laughs> I, love I love this love team one. but let's be real but tip but tips is but tips is my last pick yeah one of my buddies in college once asked when we were watching football like what if every game was a matchup of the actual mascot like what what team would win that was and a- my a column for somebody. Oh, is it really? Okay. I think. Oh, no, no. Sorry. Hold on. You know what it is? I think there's someone. I don't know if they still do it. I think it's maybe a social media thing or someone who does it as a column or whatever. But whenever the brackets come out for March Madness, uh, okay. somebody does the matchups based on which of the two things would win. And that's how they decide the team. So I it went to a funnier place where it's like imagine an injured blank. So like an injured cub an injured Seahawk, and then it morphed into like an injured giant on the field uh, of a football game. And so, like, imagine like magic, just magical forces going up against the Knicks and the, the, the pair of pants. Yeah. And being like, we got this, guys. Against you know? magic. My only honorable mention was the 1990s intro. Uh, the in- starting introduction intro. Video. We are the New York Knicks. Yes. No. 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 Not the the We are the New York Knicks. The the do 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 do. And you had the car that's going oh. through MS. Oh City. yeah, that's good. Okay. Dun, 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 dun. That's like good. that. You had a uh, McEnroe getting into his cab, and then there's one with Spike getting into his cab. I fell in love with the '99 one, and then you go to YouTube and you see that there's a '94 version of it, and then they've since removed that and moved on to something else. Um, I think the only other, I guess this could have been how I incorporated Mello into it was the intro to his first game at MSG, which is still one of my all time favorite YouTube rewatches to go back and look at the garden that night. Um, so yeah, those would be my only two honorable mentions. Jeremy, do you have, do you have any? I have one. And I, I mean, I have to say, because I was I was thinking about it before, but uh-huh. for, for Jeremy. But Jeremy, do you have any honorable mention? You have one yourself? for Jeremy. Yes, okay. I have one for Jeremy. Oh, okay. Well, so one honorable mention I was thinking of originally was Stefan Marbury eating Vaseline. Oh and I, I didn't want to do it in the end because Steph was in a, a difficult place uh-huh. mentally, as yes. he revealed later. At the time, obviously... Uh, coating your throat with Vaseline is a pretty strange thing. And then Andrew, you said Fred Katz, so I couldn't mention Matt Stacks, which was a bummer. Mm, um, sorry, I stole your fine. Thing. That's fine. On a more serious note, you know, like I, John, if you're going to take Tom Thibodeau for example, I'm going to say Brock Aller. Brock Just, Aller. It's the sort of thing with with Aller and the other people who are with him. It feels like from the outside looking in that there are finally adults in the room who know how to have the adult conversations. And a lot of businesses, usually the last people standing are uh, the finance people because they're the ones who, you know, like if there's an exit strategy, they'll they'll be in charge of winding it down. Or, you know, it, it, it's so important to know the books and the accounting and the rules and everything that goes into it. And the Knicks have that. They have people who are fluent in those things. Not to say other teams don't. I mean, you get smarter over time, you get better. But just the way the minutia that is there, um, it's just so impressive. And so if I were to take a more serious route, it would be that angle that the front office has. That's good. Um, I thought... Oh, no, we topping. Sorry. Just for anyone who... 
I think I slighted him in the last draft. I want Obi Toppin was very close there. And that's why you should vote for me because I was strongly considering him. Um, and no one else was. I just want to make that clear. So you cut, thank you, you cut and out. <laughs> okay. And Kevin Knox and any other players that you love. Thank you. Yes. Yes. We love all. Jeremy loves all your favorite players and you should vote for it. You cut out temporarily when you said, I'll take Obi Toppin as your honorable mention. So I just want to stress for the record what Jeremy thank said you. was that I would want to draft. Obi Toppin, which is Nick's related, a former Nick, because we couldn't take any play. Not eligible. Not el- no, he is eligible for this yes. draft because he's not a current Nick. I mean, he's yeah, but n- he's not related to the Knicks anymore. He is. He's a former. Uh, he's a he's a Nick opponent. Sure. Okay. Yes. Um. Okay. I'm. You know what? I'm not going to say my honorable mention. For you have to. You no, can't you say can't that on the pod. It. It's something to. related. It's something related to Marbury. And oh, it was and, not- okay, you could draft the Starberries. Draft a pair. Sure, that's it. That's what I was thinking of. The Starburst. Okay, got it. Um, Okay, well, this was fun. We have to read our teams, John. Oh, yes, of course. How about you go first? Sure. Go backwards Um, in the draft. My uh, Knicks Everything draft consists, or everything Knicks draft consists of uh, Mike Breen, uh, Walt Clyde Frazier, Ian Bagley, uh, PA announcer, uh, Mike Walseski, and of course, uh, the one, the only Tom Thibodeau. My anything Knicks draft consisted of Madison Square Garden and the Knicks home court. Go New York, go New York, go the Knicks anthem. Fred Katz of Knicks beat writer for the athletic Ray Castoldi and his organ that he plays at every Knicks game. He is also known as the phantom of the garden. Um, And then your favorite Knicks content uh, site, Knicks film school, Jeremy. my list starts with David Fisdale's axe, uh, James Dolan's kazoos, Kurt Rambis's Twitter likes, Derek Fisher's unexcused absence, and J.R. Smith's hype. So, kind of just phenomenal. An observation, like, I get it. Like, there are things that happen with the current, like, last year there were moments of frustration that occurred, and it was like, like not so much ISO, a little more ball movement, you know, play quickly more like get rid of the, the Derek Rose, Evan 40 experience, like very legitimate basketball criticisms. Jeremy's list features the most recent Knicks head coach, not Mike Miller related, um, bringing an ax to practice. Um, the Knicks owner um, having his superstars in both teams bring a bunch of kazoos to try and break the world record. Uh, for good interim, cause. Uh, for a good way. cause. So bravo. Very cool. Um, a Knicks interim head coach that was hired by the mercenary bas- president of basketball operations, uh, Twitter likes of uh, adult things in the middle of the night. Um, the coach he replaced after got he got fired, having an unexcused absence because he got into a kerfuffle with a former teammate. And a former Knicks Sixth Man of the Year winner uh, sliding into DMs or responded to DMs that he that had been slid uh, in responding to his DMs that had already been slid into the amount of chaos that has existed only as far back as Jeremy went and where we are now is why like when sometimes the sentiment is listen th- th- I-, I get it these are legitimate basketball concerns. I, I'm very happy with the stability and the normalness that is happening around my basketball team right now because that chaos doesn't exist anymore. 
I didn't even mention another head coach, for example, where he got into a fight with one of his players and Joakim Noah and Jeff Hornacek. Oh, that's right. Uh, like, I mean, and it just goes to show, I know this is going to be completely forgotten by game two, even if the Knicks are winning because, you know, we're naturally going to look at what went wrong. But yes, as you're saying, Andrew, the fact that we can talk about basketball mm-hmm. related issues and not some of the other things that the Knicks have experienced. Yeah. Uh, it, it says so much about where this team is right now. And um, I, I think that's incredibly important to consider that it's this, it feels it's a business. It operates like a business. It feels like a business, not like, like the Hornets where there seems to be a, a, a new story every three months about mm-hmm. their team. Uh, or other situations going on around the league, like the Rockets. with the Houston Rockets. Mm-hmm. And by the way, if you're thinking, hey, could the Rockets trade one of their players for Evan Fournier? Uh, just financially speaking, uh, the player they'd be trading, he's, it's a non-guaranteed contract for the most part. It's a, it's fully guaranteed this upcoming season. The season after that is $1 million uh, guaranteed. And then after that, it's 10000 the following year. Point is, if the Knicks are going to be in the luxury tax, which they probably are, that million is not going to be a million it's going to cost them more than that because they're going to they would eat the cost so um for the it's for the best to just ignore that player there are better places to send evan fournier and they're better returning packages than whatever that would be uh for so many reasons uh that would be more of a of a low point that we talked about and just things the knicks don't need so just talking about basketball and the problems with basketball it feels like a luxury because of everything that we've seen before what the concept, what you guys are talking about, how bad it has been over the years. It's why when uh, one of the readers of the newsletter asked me to do a ranking of like the worst front office executives and coaches in Nick's history, I was like, you know what? This is the first summer I actually feel comfortable doing that because mm-hmm. I feel so secure. And hopefully it's not famous last words. I feel secure that the organization's in a good place from top to bottom. Um, and like, you know, finally to look back and be like, my God, there have been some bad times. So Jeremy's drafted a good job of exploiting that. And uh, right. real quick, John, like yeah. even if the Knicks like fall to a seven seed because the East got better because someone yeah. got hurt because of like basketball reasons. Yeah, that's still not my head coach was on Twitter liking porn things in the mid. Like uh, if Tibbs had a Twitter account, oh it'd be, he'd be liking basketball plays like he'd just be doing what we do it and converse. I don't even you, you, you could stop at if Tibbs had a, Twitter, Tibbs had a Twitter account, account. he would never have like. Our ask of our head coach is to have more variety in the offense. It's not like, you know, don't bring an axe to the locker room, you know? So that's, we're in a good place. Well said. Uh, this was great, guys. This did not disappoint. Uh, 100%. This is not disappoint one, but uh, any any business before we get out of here? None. Okay. Hope you're all enjoying the last couple weeks of your summers before we get into uh, training camp. Well, I mean, listen, this is, is airing on, on Monday, right? Mm-hmm. T- t- two weeks, you know? Um, so, listen, we'll be back in the swing of things before you know it. If you're jonesing for some, for some uh, NBA hoops, uh, fear not. You know, it, it, it's coming. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll start ramping up uh, very soon. Uh, but until then, thank you, Jeremy. Of course. Really, thank you, Jeremy. Yeah, I just like to say, uh, lost a great one out there um, with great ass daily. May it rest <laughs> in peace. Gone too soon. Just another 
Another casualty to the new Twitter that we live in. X, as I should say. There's the, there's the saddest six word story. Great ass daily gone too soon. <laughs> uh, Andrew Claudio, <laughs> thank you for your energy. Uh, what else is there to say? But no, there's nothing else left to say. Uh, everybody, be careful of your social media activity and uh, we will be back with more fun and games before you know it. Take care. That was insane. <laughs> Is there any way that you could get an organ to play us off? <laughs> <laughs> that was spectacular. That couldn't have gone any better. <laughs> <laughs>